Good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of Community Matters here on 103.7 WEEI. I'm your host, Scott Cordishy. Glad you could join us. Community Matters is the show that keeps you up to date and in touch with many of the great things that are happening in and around our communities here in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, even eastern Connecticut. And for those of you that listen to this station regularly, you probably are well aware of the fact that each summer, WEEI holds its annual Jimmy Fund Telethon, and that will take place this year, August 29th and the 30th. And joining us on Community Matters this morning to not necessarily talk about the telethon itself, but to talk about what Dana-Farber Cancer Institute has done for him and what he has done for the Jimmy Fund and Dana-Farber. It's the vice principal of Natick High School, Zach Galvin, is our guest. Good morning, Zach. How are you? I'm doing great, Scott. How are you today? I'm doing great. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Zach. You have such an amazing story to tell, and I kind of want to go back to the beginning for our listeners, if we can. Back in 1996, you were diagnosed with stage 4 Hodgkin's disease when you were applying for a teaching job at Natick High School. Tell us about that whole time in your life and how things unfolded. Sure. So I was 26 years old at the time. It was just the end of June, beginning of July, and had just finished what I thought was a pretty decent interview. Went back to work. I was summering working on Nantucket. And uh, within a day or two, I ended up in the emergency room thinking I had a light case of pneumonia. And to my knowledge at the time, that's kind of where I thought it was. It turned out that the doctor told me I, he thought I had cancer, and I was pretty quickly shipped off island on July 4th, packed the car, and on a new trip for that summer to Boston to kind of figure out what was going on. And within just a couple of days, they had hospitalized me for having too much fluid around the pericardial sac of my heart. Mm-hmm. So the tumor that they later found was actually fighting, the heart was fighting against the tumor, and there was so much fluid in my heart, it was crushing the heart when I overexerted, and that was the stuff that I was beginning to feel. I actually ended up taking the job offer inside the cardiac unit of the Brigham and Women's as I was waiting to be getting some help relative to releasing that fluid. And then very quickly diagnosed with stage four Hodgkin's disease, the tumor had clearly spread into the lymph nodes, and they were pretty quick in trying to get treatment started. I started chemotherapy for different drugs uh, by the end of July that year, and then every other Friday for six months, I would take treatment in at the Farber literally after working at the school as a new school year and a new teacher, I was kind of afraid to death to miss work. So I would go to work and then do the treatment and then be back on Monday morning. And I did that for six months and then waited about a month to recuperate and then right into daily radiation right after work, drive into Boston and take my radiation dose for, I think it was five weeks until the 26th of February. And that's an important date that you bring up, February 26, 1997. It's Yahoo Day. Explain to our listeners what that means. So Yahoo Day for me was kind of like, Yahoo, I am done. And though I was too sick and weak at that point, the first year, when the first anniversary came around to that, 
I invited a bunch of friends out to dinner to a fairly decent place. And at the end of it, I paid for the whole thing. We had 12 of us around and they were all people that had played some part in helping me get through that year of treatment. And then I did it again on the second anniversary. And then shortly after that, I began to really realize that it wasn't just the people that I knew. I really needed to start thanking the people that I never knew, the ones who donated prior to my illness and who donated and created those drugs by their donations that saved my life. And so over time, I began to celebrate Yahoo Day for the strangers, and it would allow me to make cards or give out gift cards at the T in Boston. I went into Park Street one year and just handed out music cards. I began immediately to hand out music cards to the patients at the Jimmy Fund. I still send them in one card for each year that I have survived. And over time, the friends that I have wanted to do the same thing. There was one year that really shifted the whole momentum of this was inviting friends to dinner at a local pub in Newton, Mass., called Dungarens. And I sat there with the permission of the owner, and I handed every guest that I invited two cards. And the deal was they had to go and find total strangers to them in the establishment and give them a free card, which was a drink on the house for me. And they had to explain why we were celebrating, and it was to honor a stranger that we wouldn't know who was given in cancer research and funding. And that is really when it began to escalate to, thanks to social media and sharing those pictures, that other people wanted to do it. And it's now reached all the way to Tanzania, Africa, and Melbourne, Australia. And I have friends really all over the world that will now, on the 26th of February or thereabouts, share in paying it forward to to people to keep the, the momentum of cancer funding and research alive. So September of 1997, the year that, you know, you were in remission and, and cured, you started Pack, And I want you to explain to our listeners what that's all about. It had very humble beginnings. I think you said you raised $2,200. You're now up over $900,000, and you have a very ambitious goal to break the million mark this year. What is Pack, And tell us exactly what you're trying to accomplish this year. So Zach's Pack is a team that I created for the Jimmy Fund Walk. I had accidentally, during my treatment, took the elevator to the wrong floor, one treatment cycle. And I ended up on the Jimmy Fund floor, but I didn't know that I had ended up there until I had already turned the corner out of the elevator. And it was there that, you know, kids were riding around on tricycles and big wheels and attached to these IVs that pretty quickly became obvious I was on the wrong floor. And as I turned around to the elevator, there was a sign for the walk. And it was at that moment I really said, well, if these kids can deal with this at their age, and I'm 26, I've lived pretty well, I'm going to start walking when I'm healthy enough. And so the first year was my little sister and my niece and I, and and it very quickly grew. And I was pretty annoyed, actually, at the 22, 2500 bucks we raised that first year because I really hadn't asked anybody to donate. I just told people I was doing it. And I really wondered, well, what would happen if I asked people? And the second year, I I asked people, and it was over ten grand that year. And from there on, it's always been 
you know, I can raise about 20 or 25,000 myself. And then kids that I was teaching, uh, the, the kids started asking, can we walk with you? And so I began to let people in to what I thought was really just me trying to pay it forward. But then I realized it was a lot of people who want to pay it forward. And therefore, I became more the conduit. We are now, like you said, we're above 900,000 in 26 years. And so this year, we were about 112,000 away from our mission to a million, which really took over the way I tried to do things about 10 years ago. I said, I think we can make a million. And so although it's a reach, we usually raise about 40 grand a year. I'm really trying to put this 112 down, get us to the million in our 26th year, which is a marathon itself. And hopefully we can do that. We have about 84,000 to go at this point. And I feel pretty good that we're going to keep spreading the word and engaging people and trying our best to find ways to share what we know about being survivor and, and a fighter and, and connecting with people who are looking to help. So the obvious question is then, how can people donate to Zach's Pack? How can they donate to your cause? Well, the easiest way to do it is to go into the jimmyfundwalk.org site and type in either my name, Zach Galvin, or to type in Zach's Pack. The beauty of this whole thing is it, it's sort of funny to me. I'm rather a laissez-faire fundraiser. I don't do a lot of you know dinners or galas or anything. I literally just ask people and write letters, and it's amazing that Jimmy Fund has made it so easy because by typing in jimmyfundwalk.org and typing in the team name or my name, they do all the electronic stuff, and it really helps me reach people, the very strangers that I've been paying it forward to. I now have strangers who are donating, which really just, it's a great time of year for me as a survivor to see the goodness of strangers helping and supporting other patients who are total strangers. I know we talked earlier about February 26, 1997 as being Yahoo Day. That's when you learned that you had been cured. But the battle for you didn't end there because I know in the late 90s and early 2000s, you were part of a study of reactions to radiation to the heart. And then in the, you know, the 2010s, you had some major heart issues, didn't you? You had a heart attack, uh, you had a heart incident, you had triple bypass, aortic valve replacement. So, you know, even though you were quote-unquote cured back in February of 1997, the battle didn't end there, did it? It really didn't. And, you know, kudos to all of my medical staff. They very quickly put me on a 10-year heart study right out of the gate after the radiation treatment. And... I think that process of going in a couple times a year to, you know, be tested, although it was pretty innocuous, it gave me 10 years to kind of plan for the fact that maybe there's something to this. So I did, I had a heart attack at 40 on a business trip in Louisiana, and that was the real beginning of me sort of living long enough to have these events, which was an interesting way for me to look at it, was that I've survived long enough that I'm going to deal with these things. And that really helped me be positive about it through the process, because 40 is a little young for a heart attack. And then nothing really happened for a while. Seven years went by, and then it was while I was on one of the walks that I was having real trouble getting up hills that shouldn't be troublesome. 
in the first half of the Boston Marathon route. And so I tapped out and uh, my team walked on. And by the end of the week, I had two stents. And a couple months later, it happened again. And they went in. And that's when I had the triple bypass and valve replacement. And even though I'm dealing with those things, it really is, for me, the fact that I'm here every day, uh, feet are on the ground. And it was really the cancer and the treatment of cancer and the, the length of time that a patient has to fight mentally and physically with chemo and radiation, it made heart issues really easy to deal with, to be honest, because they don't hang on as long in the actual work that's being done. And so cancer in in many ways has become the barometer for my last 27 years to gauge how my day's going. You know, the at least I'm here, the so what? So what are you going to do about it? And well, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to find the, the positive out of this negative situation. And so uh, I see doctors regularly. I've had to shift my walk from 26.2 miles in one day to 26.2 miles in two days just to be cognizant that I have heart issues and that I want to be careful with that. Let's go back to the beginning for a second. You talked about how you accepted your job as a teacher at the time at Natick High School back when you were actually, you know, getting diagnosed and initially treated for your cancer back in the mid-90s. And I want to ask you, how has being a teacher and now vice principal at Natick High School, how has that helped you through this whole ordeal? I know, you know, you, you talked about maybe how, how the staff has supported you in, in many different ways. And I'm wondering if, you know, some of your students have helped support you or are, you know, that familiar with your situation. So that's a great question. And it is literally in my head every day that I walk into my office. The The students and staff back in 96 were like the, the seventh player award on the Bruins. Um, they were the reason I went to work every day to get away from the idea of me being a cancer patient. Even though I felt sick, lethargic, I was losing hair, I was gaining weight due to steroid medication, it was the fact that I could come to Natick High School and get away from that and really live almost a second sort of different life than that of the cancer patient. You know, there was no social media at the time. It was a very lonely place to be that sick without really the tentacles of what social media can do now. So Natick was my lifeline. And for that reason, Natick is really why I'm still in Natick, because I feel like they, that that community really helped me survive what I was dealing with at the time. How has it made me better? It Everything that cancer was negative for, all of the pain and the mental anguish and the, the illness, it gave me a set of skills, I think, that really allow me to connect with young people, with our staff. It gave me, you know, far less inhibition to talk about what a bad day is really about and to help navigate, especially in the vice principal role where I see kids a lot having tough days. They come into my office and as they talk to me over the desk, my entire desk is filled with pictures of students, pictures of students who are fighting cancer, picture of students who have lost their battle with cancer. And I don't press that on them, but when they look at those pictures and begin to ask questions, we have really good conversations about it. 
and about lice and about what a tough day is and, and how it relates to their tough day. And in many cases, kids come back once cancer has hit them and start asking questions. You know, it might be in their family or it might be that they remember that there was a certain type I had. But I owe everything to Natick and the community of Natick for getting me through those years early on. Last thing I'll say is this, Zach, when somebody goes through what you have gone through in your life, it brings perspective uh, oftentimes to that person, but not many people go to the extent that you have gone with that perspective, and that is wanting to pay back those, as you pointed out, that may have donated years before you were diagnosed to help come up with the drugs and the treatments that you received that allowed you to beat cancer. I give you a ton of credit for what you've done and what you continue to do with Zach's Pack, and I want to encourage all of our listeners, help Zach and the Jimmy Fund reach their goals. Zach is trying to break the $1 million mark raised for the Jimmy Fund over the years. Right now, he is over $900,000, so he's closing in on that goal. If you want to donate to Zach's Pack, the easiest thing to do is to go to the jimmyfundwalk.org webpage. That's jimmyfundwalk, all one word, .org, and just search Zach Galvin or Zach's Pack, and you can donate there. Zach, thank you so much for joining us this morning on Community Matters. Congratulations for being a cancer a survivor and good luck in your quest to break the million mark i'm sure you're going to do it scott i really want to say thank you to you and to your listeners this is another example of just the way i see it i'm just the conduit and i just pass the energy from other people onto the jimmy fund and i really appreciate that you invited me to talk about it and to share what's going on and to really give me more hope that there is a lot more good out there that's coming to help people who are in need fighting cancer. Zach Galvin, Vice Principal of Natick High School, our guest here on Community Matters, most importantly, cancer survivor, and we congratulate him on that. And we encourage you, if you can, make a donation to Zach's Pack. Go to jimmyfunwalk.org and search Zach Galvin or search for Zach's Pack, and you can find out how you can donate there. That'll do it for this edition of Community Matters. My thanks to Zach Galvin for joining us. Also, thanks to my producer, Laura Minacucci, for a great job, as always. And most of all, thanks to all of you for tuning in this morning. My name is Scott Credishy. Have a great weekend, everybody. Be sure to join us again next week for another edition of Community Matters with your host, Scott Cordishi. If your group or organization would like to be part of the show, email us at communitymatters at weei.com.